Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Uh, my name is Chad Ozy. I am joined by Jeff Cross. How are you today, Jeff? Yes, yes, yes. I am very, very good. Uh, I know that people are going to be mad, and I'm sure you're going to roll your eyes when I say it. 52 days till, no, 51 days till Christmas. Oh, my. Get your number straight. If you're going to be a Christmas <laughs> freak, at least get your number straight. The problem is, this is my problem. So yesterday, I'm like, okay, 52 days to Christmas. So, like, I'm already looking into day 51. <laughs> <laughs> so I forgot them. They're all blended together. So yeah, yeah. Super excited. Super. I love this time of year. I can't. I can't figure out why some people don't like this time of year, mm-hmm. but some people don't, and some people. I think some people don't mind it, but they only want to do it for a couple weeks. I love Christmas season. Believe yeah. it or not, I just don't like skipping things. Sure. I just don't like. For me, Thanksgiving's a big deal. Yeah. You know, family gets together. It's just a, it's a very special time. And I feel like if I start Christmas now, Mm -hmm. you know, so in our family, typically we put up the Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. That's just Mm -hmm. when we do it. Now, my daughter is only going to be home for a very short amount of time this year. She has a huge performance down in Mobile, Alabama, Mm -hmm. uh, the weekend of the 20th of November. They do their Christmas spectacular before mm-hmm. Thanksgiving because that's when they still got their students. And yeah. it's kind of like the the kickoff for Christmas season sure. together or mm-hmm. holidays, whatever, yeah. right? So uh, they'll do that performance for 20-some-odd thousand people over four days. Wow. And then uh, we'll go down and get to see her last performance and then drive back all night so that I can be at my game mm. on Monday. <laughs> Literally going to drive all that long. Crazy. So I can get to the Quad Cities and work a game on Monday. Uh, but then on Tuesday night after my game, I have a local 
junior college game on that Tuesday night. Mm. So the Tuesday before Thanksgiving this year, our family is going to put up our Christmas tree. Nice. Uh, just so that we, we have her there uh, because Thanksgiving and a couple of days after we'll be uh, busy with, with family activities, and then she'll be right back on the road heading back to school. So I, I love Christmas. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it like crazy. Uh, but I just I like having having my holidays each get their own little piece of time. Yeah, I think I, I would agree with that. I mean, I really like Thanksgiving too. It's a good time. You know what I mean? Um, I think my problem is I hate Halloween a lot. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I don't want to, you know... Don't want to worry about the Halloween, and I used to, you know, whatever, maybe give the kids some candy and things like that, and you know, like scaring people. That's always fun, right? Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, you know, I just don't, don't want to do it. Don't doesn't really excite me that much. So, not a whole lot of build up to Thanksgiving. Sure. You know, what I mean? it is yeah. a good holiday. Don't get me wrong, but I can't, I can't do anything to build up to it. So I got to build up to the next one, which is Christmas for me. So. And believe it or not, folks, this actually does tie into where we're going today <laughs> because, you know, as we head into a season, you know, part of that is is the ramp up, you know, part of what makes Christmas great is because you're you're ramping up to Christmas. You yeah, know, you'll yeah. see Advent calendars everywhere. You know, some people have their Advent calendar that's got a, a scripture in it. They read with their family every night. Some people have an Advent calendar that has a different dog toy for every day yeah, leading right. up to Christmas. Yeah. And I saw one at Costco the other day that was a different wine for every day leading up it? to Christmas yeah. or whatever, right? So everybody's got their way to, to ramp up and get yeah. ready. And we've been in the ramp up mm-hmm. to basketball season. Yeah. And uh, for our baseball umpires that are out there, you're you're thick into training season right now. Yeah. You know, you're you're working on the diet, you're working the off-season, work, off-season workouts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, for those of you that are multi-sport athletes, there really is no, mm. <laughs> you're, you're, you're transitioning straight from one to the next. But for those of us that work basketball, uh, we've been in the ramp up. Mm-hmm. And uh, November 1st was the official opening day for junior college basketball across the nation. Yeah. Uh, November 7th is the official opening day for NCAA basketball. Mm-hmm. I uh, was texting with one of our listeners this morning, said, hey, when's your first game? He's like, I already got two in. <laughs> I'm like, this is the third, dude. <laughs> you know, he's up. So the first and second, he was on it. So I uh, I, I think it's really important. We, we talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, the opportunities and the things that come from something that's new. Mm. Uh, but also, as, as we're now hitting actual real games, I thought it would be great for us today to talk about some of the positives and some of the negatives that come from a new season. Um, you know, some of the advantages, some of the pitfalls and things that we can fall into. And I know that you've not had your official first game yet, Jeff, yeah. but mm-hmm. you've had some, uh, you've had some exhibitions, mm-hmm. uh, some big places, that kind of stuff. You know, as, as you look towards the new season, as you're beginning to have conversations with everybody, you know, what, what's, what's an advantage? What's, what's a thing that, that is, positive to you about kicking off a new season well the biggest advantage i think for for me anyway is we get a chance to experience this time of year a lot of people's first time okay so uh my uh my exhibition game on october 30th was with someone it was their first time in the league so it was their first game in the league 
you know, so you get to experience that, you know, mm-hmm. and and not that they're a new referee. Sure. They're just new to this league. So that's yeah, you're a, talking about a power five league. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're, they're not a brand new first time official. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But yet with every level that we advance, with yeah. every new league we get, there's a, a different set of anticipation. Yeah. Like, you know, they didn't, where do I park? You know, how do I get to where my locker room and, you know, what, you know, all these things. And it was even, even to the adjustment because this official was from uh, the Texas area. Okay. And was traveling into Nebraska. Sure. Okay. So their concern was, well, what if it's snowing? I've never driven in snow before. I don't even know what to do. You know, what, do, if I get my rental car and it's snowing, do I have to go buy an ice scraper? You know, all these things. Oh, yeah. That they just don't know. So besides the game, besides mm-hmm. the atmosphere and the, and the surroundings. So I think that is really cool to be able to um, be able to witness that and be able to help, you know, be part of a great experience for those officials. So, and one of the things I like to say, and I'm sure I've, I know I've said it to you before and I don't know if I've said it in the podcast, but I'll say it again, you know, and I would, I I remember telling this official distinctly, you know, like, you know, anything else, you know, what do you think? And, you know, the crew chief was talking and that's why I just want to add this, you know, a a lot of times when we get these, we get these add on conferences or, you know, we get these, we, we tend to overthink it and we tend to go, man, you know, my coordinator's really testing me. And my answer to you is, you've already passed the test. Mm. That's why you're here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we think, we try to think, oh, they're testing me, they're testing me. You were tested a long time ago. You passed the test. That's why you're on the assignment. That's why you got the new league. That's why you get the playoffs, those kind of things. So um, I think if we can reassure those those new officials that it, you, it's okay to be nervous, mm-hmm. but you don't have to be nervous about your ability anymore because that's why you're there. No, that's good. I really like that. And, you know, that statement that you just made about helping somebody that's new find comfort and familiarity, right? Where to park, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you get from the airport to wherever? Yeah. You know, so sometimes those of us that maybe work primarily small college basketball, we think, well, that's those are just conversations that a Jeff Cross has to have you know, or an Angie Inland, like we've had on the podcast before, whoever, you know, those are, those are the kinds of conversations that they have because they're at these big arenas and they're at that, you know what, sometimes it's easier to figure out where you're going at a big arena Hmm. than it is at a junior college in Malta, Illinois, (laughs) right? And you're like, I didn't know there was a Malta, Illinois. That's okay. I didn't either until I went and worked there the other night. No, it's, you try to figure out where to go and what to do, and there's not going to be a security guard at a door helping you figure out where to go or whatever. And that's a great reminder to us that one of the advantages we have of a new season is the opportunity to make somebody else feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, and there, there's there's two tr- two rules of thought here, I think. One is, okay, yeah, we'll see you at the game, la, la, la. And then you get in there, and like, man, I really had a hard time finding a place. And then that, that experienced official goes, oh, I just assumed you've been working here forever. That yep. does make them feel good. Sure. But it's not helpful. <laughs> it's not helpful. So a lot of times, you know, I don't even ask if you've worked at this place before or not. In my pregame communications, I'll ask, listen, if there's anything you need at all, don't hesitate to reach out. Mm-hmm. If I can help in any way, let me know. And then... I don't have to say, hey, is this your first year in league? Or, sure. you know, oh, I assume you work here. Meanwhile, they're going through 60 minutes of anxiety trying to find the right door to go in. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's just not necessary, and we can do that. So we need to make ourselves feel as as open and, and 
available as possible during these these 24 to 48 hours prior to the game when, you know, because I, I remember my first WNIT game was at Wisconsin, and I had no idea. I wasn't in the Big Ten, and, like, the game was at whatever, 7 o'clock. I was so uptight. I know it's hard to believe Jeff Cross uptight, but I was uptight because <laughs> I didn't want to be late. You know what sure. I mean? I didn't, you know, and I'm literally in Madison, Wisconsin at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I called my one of my partners, who I'd, I'd known him, and I'm like, hey, man, where, where's – I just want to figure out where I had to be. I wasn't ready to go in yet, obviously. Sure. And he's like, you're there already? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm in town. I'm just trying to get my feet wet. So knowing – if if I would have known there was going to be some support there, maybe I don't have that whole day of anxiety and trying to figure out where I'm going and yeah. how I'm going to do it. I, I think a really great thing to do, a lot of times I'll put it in my pregame email if I'm the crew chief. If not, if I'm not crew chief, when the crew chief reaches out, I may put something like this in my reply all mm-hmm. to the whole crew. You know, hey guys, just so you know, I plan on arriving at 4.30 and I'm going to go in the door on the backside of the arena by where the buses park mm-hmm. or whatever, right? You know, where, wherever that is, something that is a, a landmark that they they can easily find. Mm. Because now, if they don't know where to go, I'm not saying that's where you got to go in or mm-hmm. whatever. Or, hey, if you've never been there before, this mm-hmm. is where you go. Yeah. I just, hey, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Now, anybody wants to meet up, do that, whatever, great, right? No problem. I think it's also good to, you know, let everybody know what kind of vehicle you're driving. Mm. You know, hey, I'm I'm in a black Jeep. I'm in a black Jeep. License plate says ref sucks. You know, whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> whatever the scenario is. And then, you know, just let them have so that way they can they can do those things. And um it's it just takes so much anxiety out of out of actually having to work that first game or that first arena or um maybe the first time you're working with the first partner because we all know that you could get a game with maybe a division one official that, you know, comes down and works some Juco or division three. And this is mm-hmm. your first division three game. Plus you're on it with a division one official. The last thing those upper level officials need to do is, is make themselves unavailable. That's right. You need to be more available than ever in those times when, and experienced officials, they have, they have a responsibility to make yourself available to, to newer, um, unexperienced officials. If they don't, those, those unexperienced officials, good chance they may, you may not get your best out of them. They may even say, you know what, it's not worth it. I'll mm-hmm. just go back to my comfort zone of high school basketball because we all know it's uncomfortable and we all know that there's a lot of people that are not very comfortable being uncomfortable. So they let it go and they go back to, you know, whatever's the easiest, whatever's going nice and smooth for them. So, No, I agree. Uh, that's good stuff. You know, that's one of those advantages of, you know, of, of kicking in a new season. You know, I think one of the disadvantages of, you know, or potential pitfalls maybe is a good way of, of us putting it, of, of moving into a new season, Jeff, is that our conversations in the locker room sometimes are a little different at the beginning of the season. And here's what I mean by that. Um, there, there's positive conversations happening at the beginning. Like, oh, man, I haven't seen you in mm. six months. Man, it's so good to see you again. Or I haven't seen you since camp such and such, you know, when we, we went and worked and got hired to work this league or whatever, you know. And so there's all those great conversations. But almost always in the first couple weeks of the season, 
there's somebody that says, well, where are you working this year? Mm -hmm. Or what's your schedule look like? Mm -hmm. Or did you get hired in this league? Or, you know, whatever those things are. And we ask those questions. And I, I found by the time we get to the middle of the season, nobody really cares about that anymore. <laughs> you know, we're all trying to get through our grind mm -hmm. and, and, and do that. But at the beginning of the season especially, there's a lot of that. And then all of a sudden, there starts to be those responses that we have to it. Somebody says, oh, well, yeah, you know, I'm going to be out on the West Coast doing this. And I'm going to be over on the East Coast doing this. And I'm going down to Louisiana for a game. And all of a sudden, like you're doing mental math going, well, that's at least three different Division One coordinators are working for. I thought they just were Juco ball. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and you're like, what? You know, and we have, there's this huge pitfall in place where it would be so easy for us to allow those conversations to take us to negative places. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, um, was in a, a situation fairly recently where another official looked at me and said, can you believe so-and-so got hired in such and such a league? Mm. And my, my tendency, and Jeff's been around me enough to know, uh, yes, I have goals. I have things I would love to accomplish. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, when somebody else gets an opportunity, I, I am genuinely excited for them. I, I'm thrilled they're getting that opportunity. Doesn't mean that I wouldn't like that opportunity too. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'd love that opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, if they got sick and needed somebody to fill in, I'll raise my hand, right? Mm -hmm. But, uh, and one of the things that I love specifically about college women's basketball, um, y'all, many of you that listen to the podcast know I also you know, officiate college baseball. It's not quite the same thing on that side as it is. The college women's game seems to be a very encouraging group of people mm. for the most part. I'm not saying everybody, but sure. for the most part, people are excited when you get opportunities. They, they are encouraging and supportive and all that kind of stuff. But well, no human nature is oh, I wanted that. Mm. And it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to say, man, I wish I would have gotten hired. Man, I wish I would have gotten... It's not okay, though, for me to allow that feeling to derail my crew. Mm. It's not okay for me to allow that feeling to then have me having... You know, essentially, this other official said to me, well, you know, we're better than they are. Why, why are they getting that opportunity? Well, we're not necessarily better than they are, you know, and... Who knows the reasons why? We're not the ones making that decision. That's right. But regardless of whether it was a right decision, wrong decision, or anywhere in between, that was the decision. It is, yeah, it's not our decision to make. That's right. And now my job is to go do the best possible job I can do on the games that I've chosen to accept. And me being frustrated about what somebody else has gotten is not going to help me do the best on the game that I accepted. Mm -hmm. So when, when that happens to you, and we have, you know, Partner A is going, you know, hey, listen, we're better than they are. What, what's your, how, how do you handle that? Let's, you know, let's put ourselves in, in locker room situation here. You know, what, what's your, what, what's, what's your next move? Yeah, I think part of it depends on the relationship that I have with partner A who says that, right? Why does that have to do that? What's that? Well, I, I think, again, for me, I pride myself on my communication. Okay. And I think the way that we communicate with people depends on the relationship that we have with them. 
you know, I don't, I don't communicate the same with every coach. Mm -hmm. I don't have the same relationship with every coach. I don't have the same familiarity with every coach. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a coach the other day that I used humor in a response with them. I have a coach coming up tomorrow. There's no way in the world I'm going to use humor with that coach. So I want to be clear. The message is still going to be the same. Mm -hmm. The delivery is going to be different. Potentially. I, I, I would say even there's some chance in this particular situation, the message might not be the same. Okay. You All know, right, so you're in if game. It's, yeah. If it's somebody that I have a, a relationship with, I've worked for a long time with, I know they've been they've been pushing for something and, and they're frustrated because they feel like somebody else is getting something that they've worked so hard for and they haven't gotten for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to give them just a moment okay. to be like, you know what? I get it. That sucks. Right? It, it, you know, I, I'm going to almost affirm the fact that they feel cruddy they didn't get the opportunity. But then I'm going to turn it really quick. And I'm going to say, but, but that's not on them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not their fault you didn't get an opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's not their fault you didn't get that chance. And it really doesn't matter if there's fault or no fault. It's just that's the opportunity they got. And if mm -hmm. you got that opportunity, you'd take it in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So... You just, you can't be, you sure can't take it out on them. So the know? question needs to be, who are you mad at? Yeah. Are you mad at the official or are you mad at the decision-making process? Yep. You know, we got to figure out where your anger is going. Okay, good, good. And, you know, and and then my conversation is probably going to be, okay, how do we get, how do you get past this? Because mm -hmm. if that's where you're stuck, you're not going to be a good official this year. Mm -hmm. You're just not. You're not going to be a good crewmate. You're not going to, you're not going to be at your best. And I was really reminded um, this last week in working a lot of exhibition and preseason stuff and all and watching how hard people worked. Mm -hmm. For me, it was so encouraging watching people, sometimes uh, officials who are, are not at the level they need to be yet, yet, but who want to get there. Mm -hmm. And watching them work really hard to do it. For other officials, they they may be a Division One official that was working JUCO stuff or D3 stuff or NAI stuff because they want to be set and ready for the season. And to me, that was so encouraging to watch, to watch them work just as hard running up and down the court for that scrimmage as they would if they were on ESPN mm -hmm. in two weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, that's, that's so encouraging. It's so great. And so for us to be at our best... We have to be focused on the job at hand. Yeah. And we can't be focused on the job at hand if we're worried about what could have been rather than what is. Yeah, what, what what you think should be happening, right? That's right. So I, I asked you those questions because I remember early in my career when I, I got elevated into, you know, a handful of Division One leagues mm -hmm. and was, was working with someone who wanted to be in those spots sure worked in one maybe two but you know for whatever reason i leapfrogged them mm -hmm. for whatever reason and that could have been the same scenario and that may have been how this official actually thought behind closed doors we don't know that sure but i remember this distinctly in the locker room and i use it i try to use it if i ever feel that way but i, I, I very rarely feel that way anymore just because I got my own stuff to worry about. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not, 
if if I got if I got sixty games and you got eighty, I can't worry about the extra twenty you got. I just mm-hmm. can't. I I got my hands full. So, but and this 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 uh, referee says, you know, Jeff, man, I, I know you've you, you've gotten it picked up in some of these leagues and you're working with a lot of elite officials. I wouldn't. I'm asking, would you tell me what are you learning in these locker rooms? I want to know. Mm. Right. Because yeah. this official still wants to learn instead of using the animosity and the anger and go, I can't believe it. You know, when you hear someone that is working Division One in some league when you want to be doing it, okay, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, how is it different? What What's happening that that your experience is so well, I can learn mm-hmm. from it? So maybe mm-hmm. if I get the opportunity, I'm more prepared. Mm-hmm. And 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 what a great way of thinking! And I don't know if this gentleman's meant for that to happen. Sure, but that's what I learned from it. And I told myself, if this ever happens to me, if I'm ever in the this situation where the shoes on the other foot, that's exactly what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. because it gives me an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. And and, and you know, instead of wasting the time of anger, let's take the opportunity to learn. So I was really, I mean, that was a major impact early in my Division One career. That, um, you know, that kind of reinforced, okay, what I'm doing is way bigger than how many games I get and how much I get paid. Um, I, I can use this type of communication, this type of learning, this type of reactions in anything mm-hmm. I do. No, that's and, good. Yeah, so it was, it was very, very moving to me. Very cool. Yeah, that's, and it's uncommon, right? Because the, the common thing is for us to be poor me, mm-hmm. why didn't I get it? Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that's kind of why I asked. You know, would the message be the same, but the delivery is different? Because I think, I think we all need to be sharing that same message. You know, and I and I and I get it. Sometimes we just can't tell. We're afraid to tell official A. Listen, it's it's not, it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the way the process works, for fear that they're going to be even more upset. But and as I've said many, many times, you can never go wrong with the truth. Honesty always works. And sometimes we have to do that. We just got to be careful on delivery because, you know, we could put them in the tank too. So Yeah. And, you know, for, for those of us that might slip up, okay, we do get frustrated and something happens. And we, we say something negative to mm-hmm. a, another official mm-hmm. about that official. You know, the, the problem is you just never know. You never know who's listening. And I don't just mean the two ears that you're specifically talking to, but you don't know who they're connected to. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's just not, it's not helpful. It's not helpful to you. If, if you need to vent about that stuff, go find a trusted friend somewhere <laughs> that you can vent to. Go find a counselor or a therapist <laughs> or whatever. I mean, if, if you really need to vent that stuff, find a safe place to go do that. Yeah. But the locker room is probably not the right place to do it. Yeah. And you know, it's it's the what do they call that the, the game of telephone right yep. you know I I may say something A B C and that person goes back and says uh, Jeff just said C B D you know what I mean or whatever so that's just what we don't want to do so you're t- you're rolling the dice every time you mm-hmm. tell someone that it can be misconstrued in, in a way and I've even heard stories of that where um, um, you know officials in a locker room are talking to each other and one of them saying, well, I just worked with this official two days ago and they said, we can't do this. It's not within the rules. Mm -hmm. So now we've got this whole thing 
And, you know, this was a, it was an established official that was saying a, a wrong rule interpretation. So either one, they made a mistake, or mm-hmm. two, you didn't hear it correctly. Yeah. You know, so now the, 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 we got, it's going across the state, you know, just like that because of cell phones and emails and text that it can go south for that person just because they, you didn't hear it right. Yep. You know, so it's. Oh, I've got a perfect example of that. And by the way, I hope somebody goes back and, and rewinds 15 seconds to hear that Jeff was talking about CBD on the uh, podcast today. So uh, yeah, just thought I thought I'd point that out. I, I, it's <laughs> weird that I said that. You know, it's like, it's these subliminal messages when That's you right. drive down the highway, like, go get your CBD. So just enough. <laughs> I want to be perfectly clear. Jeff Cross does not do CBD or ABCs or I try and stay away from all initials. <laughs> I was at a, I was at a court the other night and the, uh, the person on the shot clock said, Hey, are, are you guys really picky about shot clock? I mean, that's a scary question, right? You hear that. (laughs) Well, we have rules we have to follow. (laughs) What do you mean by picky? Picky, right, yeah. Well, uh, it's my first year doing it. I've only done it for two games. And in the first game, they said that we had to set it to 30 seconds on the free throw. Okay, that's accurate. Mm -hmm. Well, then at our next game, this official said we had to set it to 20 seconds on the free throw. And they brought up the official's name. And it's official that should know that rule mm-hmm. right and so one of the other people on the crew was like oh, i can't believe they didn't know it and i immediately turned to him away from the table of mm-hmm. course right not while we we're right there next to the table i said we don't know that that's what they said yeah maybe the offense got the rebound off of a free throw and he turned the table and said i needed it 20 i needed it 20 mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and now they're thinking that they wanted him setting it to 20 on the free throw right we we just don't know mm-hmm. what that scenario was yep. You know, and again, that's that's one of these pitfalls, right? We, it'd be so easy to fall into, oh, so-and-so doesn't know the rule. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Telephone game happened, and yeah. we don't know what really did or didn't happen. Right, and that's, you know, we, we, we go around this whole circle of 15 or 20 other officials because someone didn't know the rule, and no one calls the official and says, hey, dude, or dudette or whatever, you know, did you say this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said that. Okay, well, here I'm going to show you this case play. Oh, I got that wrong. Yeah, you know, and but instead, that's what we want to do. We want to spend a day texting back and forth with all these circle officials and go, like, "Can you believe it?" Yeah, mm-hmm. I can believe it. People are human; they make mistakes. Not everybody gets 100 percent on their test every year, and definitely the people don't get 100 percent on their test without the book in front of them throughout the whole year. No matter when they get put on the spot, on hey, what do we do on this rule? Yeah, so. I missed two. I'll, I'll go out on a limb there. I yeah. missed two this year. And sure. I even had somebody give me the answers. I'm like, nope, I'm going to do my own stuff. Yeah. I'm going to check my thing. And yeah. I'm, I missed two. Yeah. You know, and it, it happens that way. I, I had a conversation um, through text with a, a baseball umpire uh, just this last week who was talking about having finished up their, their last fall game of the season. Mm-hmm. And they were super excited. And the last fall game they had was at a Division One site. And so I messaged, man, that's so awesome. That's so great. He goes, yeah, I've, I've had three of these this season. And this person listens to the podcast, so uh, he'll know I'm talking about him. And, and his response essentially was, you know, hey, may, maybe this means, you know, I've got some upward mobility here, mm-hmm. right? And my response, I, I didn't want to, you know, throw cold water on what he was saying. But what I wanted to clearly say to him was, regardless of what the spring schedule looks like when it first comes out, this was still a positive mm-hmm. because now you've been on those fields 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so now if you get called to the last minute to go fill in, now you're not sitting there, you know, with stars in your eyes trying to figure, oh my gosh, I'm on a D1. Well, no, I've been here before I've done this. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, I, I would challenge, if we have basketball officials right now that are a little frustrated because maybe they didn't get the schedule they wanted for this season. And maybe there's some Saturdays that they don't have games or there's some Tuesday or Wednesday nights that they don't have games or mm-hmm. whatever. Find somebody who's working the level you want to work and say, can I go to a game with you? Mm-hmm. Yep. We talked about this mm-hmm. way back at the beginning of our podcast mm-hmm. over a year ago. Mm-hmm. But I, I am amazed at how many people say, oh, I really want to be a division one official, or I really want to be a division two official, or I really want to be a division three conference tournament official, or, you know, whatever that level is they want to get to. They say that, but when given the choice between going and investing in their craft by watching, by learning, by soaking it in, or getting the chance to veg out in front of TV that night, Mm -hmm. they'll choose the TV. Mm-hmm. Now I don't. I'm not talking about if you've only got one day off in the next two weeks. That's mm-hmm. not what I mean. But if you're really not happy with your schedule and you got a couple open days every week, mm-hmm. well, take one of those days and ask somebody like a Jeff Cross. Hey, can can I go to Western Illinois University with mm-hmm. you? Can I go to Bradley? Can I go over to Valparaiso? It doesn't have to be a long trip, right? You know. But can I go somewhere and can I watch? Where are you at on such and such a day? Is yeah. it a is it a trip I could make? Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff has a game on Friday <clears throat> that originally I was going to try to go to. I ended up getting a game scheduled that night. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go to that game. But one of the reasons that I do that is one, I just, I love watching great officials work and people that are working at that level are great officials. But two, then I, I become more comfortable in those situations. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just do. And when, when I went to work, some preseason stuff this year at arenas that I don't work in the regular season. I was comfortable walking in because I've gone to watch other people work there. Yeah. And it was funny when the table crew came to meet us before the game, one of them was, Hey, I didn't recognize the name on the, uh, on the list, but I know you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and automatically I had some credibility with the table crew just because they'd seen my face before. Right. It was that simple. You have an unforgettable face. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Just ask your mother. <laughs> That's right. But you know, I mean, I, I think, I think those are, those are opportunities for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We need to be taking it. Those are, those are positive things that can come from the beginning of a new season. And I think is, is really helpful to us. Well, and, you know, as I, I use this phrase all the time, if we walk with a lame, we develop a limp. So if you want to be a Division One official... You darn tootin' better be hanging around Division One officials. Yep. If you want to be those those officials, then you better be going to those games. Mm-hmm. Even if you can't get a ride with one of the officials, and that game's only an hour away, if it's just something you truly want, you have to go do those things. You have to see what it's like. Yeah. 
You have to go experience it and, and understand the mannerisms, everything that people do while they're on a Division One floor. Um, because if you go watch, you know, 10 Juco games and you want to be Division One official, you're not watching what Division One officials are doing. So I think that is, uh, um, you know, we are a product of our surroundings. No, you're absolutely right. And and I'm going to bring it down to other levels. Let's say you're a high school official right now that really wants to work, you know, JUCO D3. And let's say you got hired in that league for the very first time this year. But your first game's not till the last week in November. Mm. You know what? Go to a game at that site <laughs> yeah. before your game. If you can, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, if you're within driving distance and they've got a home game no- next week and you don't have a game, why not go? Mm-hmm. Why not go and sit across from the scorer's table so you can see how that coach interacts, mm-hmm. you know, and now that may help you be able to pick up on that better. You may just feel more comfortable with the surroundings. You can reach out to that assigner and say, hey, I've got an open night. I'd like to go watch. Can can you put me in touch with one of the officials? Mm-hmm. You know, they may let you come be a part of the pregame conversation or whatever. It just now you're going to know where the locker room is. You're going to know where they park. That kind of stuff. Well, even, you know, I remember when you go to a high school game, nine times out of ten, I can really only speak for our high school, mm-hmm. there's going to be one table that's about six foot long, and there's going to be two or three people packed in there, and that's what you're going to have. Yep. You could go to a Division three game, and there's going to be two or three tables. Yep. You're going to go to a Division one game, and there's going to be it's going to be tables around the whole place. That's right. So just that alone, you know, to to, to affect your surroundings, go okay, yeah, I've seen this before, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember like so many times you go into a, your first time going to an arena, you walk in typically you walk in through some sort of tunnel from the outside under the baskets in that area. Well, in a Division one game. You could not really have any idea what side is the table because mm-hmm. all the players are out there warming up. There's still the same amount of chairs on both sides. You're like, okay, now where do I go? You know what I mean? So you just sit back in your heels and kind of watch this crew chief walk around. Oh, I see where they're going. Yeah, I'll go where they're going. So mm-hmm. it's um, you know, those are all things that you can get familiar with as you as you move into these different levels. And I, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying I believe you're not saying this either is. The only way you're going to have success is if you go to a watch Division Three game before you work a Division Three. <laughs> no, I'm right? not that's, saying. Yeah, that. that's not going to happen. Yeah. But these are some uncommon things that we can be doing yep. to give us that slight edge. That's right. And you know, in the day and age that we're in, slight slight edges is are what we're looking for. You know, why is it that we want to close down one half step? Well, we're just looking for a slight edge on that angle to be mm-hmm. able to see that drive. Yeah. You know, why is it we want to open our shoulders just a little bit more to see that three-pointer in the corner, mm-hmm. right? We're just trying to give our slide edge to potentially see that space between yep. the offensive player and the defender. Mm-hmm. That's that's what this whole game is about, mm-hmm. is finding these just slight advantages. Um, there's a, a thing I'd like to transition as to. I've heard forever and ever and ever and ever, you know, be ready to officiate from the tip. Okay. Be ready to officiate from the tip. Sure. And... Um, a lot of times we'll see video with that. Like the tip will go up, it's a bad toss, and no official blows the whistle and says, let's throw that again, mm-hmm. right? Or there's a funny little backcourt violation on the opening tip, mm-hmm. and nobody catches it. Mm-hmm. And we say, why? Well, because we weren't ready to officiate from the tip. Well, here is a pitfall of early season, my friends. 
we need to be ready to officiate before the tip. Okay. Not from the tip. <laughs> right. Before the tip. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A couple different reasons. I have seen people go to throw the ball up for the game with no time on the clock. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, because it's early. We're, mm -hmm. we're excited. We're mm -hmm. jacked up. We're ready to go. Yeah. And uh, what? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I have seen officials go to throw the ball up with the teams facing the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Jeff and I had this conversation just the other day. Um, we have to be ready before the tip. We got to know what's happening. I've seen games start with a men's ball. Yes. That, that happens every year. Mm -hmm. Every year. Because whatever is, like you said, it's not the, that's before the game. Yep. We're checking game balls at, at 10 minutes, 15 minutes mm -hmm. before the game. So you're not ready because that, that, that slipped through the cracks. Yep. And it, it, what's very, it seems to be a very simple process. Yep. But, you know, we, we often take liberties that people and within the, the, the administration are doing what's supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. When really it's just our job. No one's yelling at administration for putting the men's ball out. That's right. They're yelling at the referee because you played with the men's ball. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, we're used to it being the other way around. It's Most of the time, it's easier to play the men's game with the women's ball. <laughs> right? Because if, if they're doing a back-to-back, -back, they left the women's game ball out, mm -hmm. didn't yeah. switch it out, and now we're going to go throw it start. But there are some Division three leagues where they flip it every year. And mm. one year the women play before the men, and the yeah. next year the men play before the women. I mean, we've got to be ready for mm. that stuff. Or yeah. it's a brand new game administration person whose job it is to bring out the game ball, and they mm. don't know there's two different balls. <laughs> yeah, they just, yeah. You know? That's the one we do. They're, yeah. you know, they're a, a freshman from, you know, Louisiana <laughs> that got, you know, pulled in yeah. to come in and, and do that. Yeah. It's and, a golf know, major. That's you right. Know? <laughs> right, you know, and they're like, oh, I don't, listen, I don't we're know. Just, we throw the same one. It I know like in the golf, right color. The golf we use the same ball, I can tell you that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think I think those are things that are really key. And to carry that then further, you know, some of us are just so excited to be back on the court. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're just so excited to be back on the court that we assume everybody else is too. Yeah. And for the most part, they are. I I had a, a pregame in my game the other day with the players, and it it was their very last exhibition before the regular season started. And so we got together at center court and we're talking there for a minute. And I just said, I said, are you guys ready for practices to be done and the real thing to start? Mm. And it was so funny because they all went from that glazed over look that they all have when they come to the captain's yeah. meeting to all mm. of a sudden I had their attention, mm -hmm. you know, and they were with me like, oh my gosh, yes. Like all we've been doing is running against each other and all this kind of stuff. And, and one of them even kind of verbalized that a little bit. I said, well, hey, here's what we're going to do today. I said, in order to help us out. I pointed at the three officials. I said, in order to help us, we're going to run everything today like it's a real game, not a scrimmage. I said, so we want you guys doing the things that you would do during a real game. We're going to ask the table to do the things that we, they should be doing in a real game. All that kind of thing. So we're going to run everything like a real game. And, of course, we should be doing that at every one of those, right? Think, how many right? players are used just to jumping and running in when they're going to go substitute because they're not used to checking in at the table yet? Mm -hmm. Or, hey, I don't have to worry about taking out my earrings because this yeah. is a scrimmage right. or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, just, just little stuff. And so we said, Captains, we're going to let you handle your stuff, do your thing. We're ready to go. And uh, it, it, it was it was kind of fun to watch that with them. And it, it, 
early in the season, you know, on on the 7th when some of you have opening night games, you know, how fun at the captain's meeting. Man, congrats for making it through the preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, here we go. Now it's it's the real deal tonight. Let's go have fun. And they are, but they have been fighting so hard for these spots. Right? There's only five players that get to start a basketball game for a team. Mm-hmm. And there's eight, nine players sitting over on the bench who would love to be in one of those five spots. And in the third quarter, when one of those players gets in and is trying to show the coach why they should have been one of the first five, and they get bumped in a way that they didn't think they should get bumped, we better be ready to officiate what happens. <laughs> Just because it's the first game of the season doesn't mean something funny is not going to happen. Sure. So when these people said, be ready to officiate from the tip, I'm going to say, be ready to officiate from the very first game. Because if we think that those testy situations are only going to happen when we get to conference season, yeah, right, we're missing out. Mm-hmm. It's it's very similar to right. We don't want to use the season to get in shape, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to be in shape before the season, and we don't want to use the first ten minutes to be ready to officiate. Yeah, you know, we want to use that that time before, even if it's on the you know whatever. You got a couple hour drive, then put something on like the Uncommon Drive podcast, mm-hmm. to get you a little bit more basketball-minded as you go in. That's right. You know, and, and people talk to people that are talking about basketball. Mm-hmm. It, I get it. We all have jobs, and we all have got nine-to-fives, and we all have got family and friends that, that need other attention besides basketball. But you got to find some time, whether it's 15 or 30 minutes, you know, before you walk into that locker room going, okay, what's, you know, where am I at here? What am I doing Mm-hmm. Um, and get us a little bit more focus on what we're about to embark on. So if we do that, it's just going to help us. It, it can't can't hurt us, yeah. right? can't be like, oh, I'm so tired about thinking about basketball. So you're not going to referee the fourth quarter, yeah. <laughs> right? You're, you're going to be like, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's keep doing this. So I think that's um, it's a pitfall, yeah. you know, that we can turn into a, what was the other one? Uh, well, you know, advantage. I, yeah, I, I think we can find advantages in this. Uh, in my opening night JUCO game, uh, we had two players go after each other. Mm-hmm. And it came up out of the blue. I mean, it was not a slow ramp up kind of thing. It was there was a hard contact that happened. One girl came in, chest bumped the other one. The next one came back and chest bumped her. And um, I'm the official that's furthest away from everything. Mm-hmm. And so the moment that it happened, still keeping players in front of me so that I've got eyes on everything, the very first thing I did was out of my periphery, or as Jeff Cross would say, out of the tops and bottoms of my eyes. That's right. Right? (laughs) I'm checking to see, is anybody leaving a bench? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Then I'm immediately, both my partners are worried about what's what's happening with that contact as they need to be, right? They're Mm -hmm. keeping eyes on that. I'm immediately hitting my whistle Everybody to their bench. Everybody, nothing good's gonna happen. The larger you still gotta be worried about everybody there. (laughs) Yeah, everybody go to your bench. So everybody got to their bench, and the three of us got together. I said, "Okay, guys, what happened?" And one of them said, "Well, we've definitely got technical fouls." I said, "Okay, we have technical fouls." I said, "So are we addressing conduct?" 
Are we addressing contact? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, she came in and bumped her. Okay, well, we have contact. Mm -hmm. So we now have an intentional foul, right? Not a technical foul. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next question I asked, I said, did we have a fight? Was this a fight? I think it probably could have been defendable on video either way. Because the one came in, I mean, it was it was an aggressive, it was an aggressive act, right? No, I think it was just a reaction. It was a hard, whatever. That's, you know, nobody swung, nobody clenched a fist, whatever, right? Okay, I'm good with that. I said, I know 100%, nobody came off the bench regardless. So we're good, right? And then the three of us sat there and we talked through who's going to do what? Who's going to bring the ball in? Who's going to go report? Who's going to talk with the coaches? Who's going to explain why we're not shooting free throws mm. in the middle of this situation? Can, you know, two, two fouls of equal gravity during the same dead ball period, all that kind of stuff that we just went over for the test, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> all yeah, that right. kind of stuff we're using in the first game <laughs> of the year. But we were able to slow down, figure it out, and move on. And I really think that because of the time we took as a crew and the way the communication happened, I believe that we totally diffused that situation for the rest of the game. I believe there were about 12 other ways we could have gone that would have only ramped it up and would have gotten a whole lot worse. Sure. Mm -hmm. But if we had just let it catch us off guard, because it's the first game, this doesn't happen in a first game, we'd have been in a bad spot. Well, and we tend to hit the accelerator when we go to those spots. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? We just hit the accelerator, and we're trying to make all these. Because when we're refereeing basketball, we're refereeing, you know, boom, boom, making these quick decisions. Yep. We really need to understand that when those situations happen, the game actually has stopped. Yes. The clock is not moving. The, the game has stopped for you. So you need to stop, mm -hmm. and it's okay. No one knows. No one. Everyone's ever sure. Everyone may think you need to go faster. Everyone may think it took too long. All these things, but no one is going to say you took too long and got it right. You know, mm -hmm. there's not going to say. As long as you got it right, that's the that's the first answer you need. So, um, I, I think there's some things that I, I don't know if you even did this during your situation. It's the first I've heard the situation. So, you know, we need to ask. Someone needs to ask. Are we missing anything? Mm -hmm. You know. Um, you know, I like how you said, um, well, what what was your phrase? What happened? Or, mm -hmm. you know, I like to use the phrase, you know, I have technical foul. My question would be, well, what's putting you at a technical foul? Mm -hmm. And they're going to say, well, they pushed each other. Okay, that makes sense. So now I believe we have contact now. Yep. You know what I mean? So now we have intentional foul. And then th all those things where it opens up that dialogue. And um, I think we even talked about it with uh, with Brian, our last podcast. You know, we got we to ask these officials Questions they know the answers to, mm -hmm. you know, just to get the conversation going, right? We don't want, that's why the test always starts with your name. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't start with a great big uh, five phrase story problem. You know, we want to make sure we get, we build some confidence there. So I think those, that's all good stuff. And, but it still happens. We still miss it, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I heard a phrase um, because, and then when we, when we make this mistake, right, we're very down on ourselves, we're. We're frustrated. We're like, I can't believe we did that. You know, all the things, right? Mm -hmm. And I heard a, a phrase, and maybe it was a book I'm reading. I'm not sure. But um, 
but the I believe I'm probably going to misquote it, but the gist was just because you made a mistake doesn't mean you are a mistake. Mm. Right? Yeah. So we do that. So now we tend to say, oh, I made a mistake. So now I'm a mistake. And then our, you know, our shoulders go down, our head goes down, and we, we can't function for the next 20 minutes of the game. So just because we made a mistake doesn't mean we are a mistake, and then we could still be better. No, that's, that's really good. And it goes back to a, a sense of identity. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if my identity is that I'm a basketball official or I'm a baseball umpire or I'm a football official and I have a bad game, well, then all of a sudden, my identity is negative because I'm a bad basketball official mm-hmm. or a bad baseball player, you know. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a person who officiates, mm-hmm. it's a different deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and many of us, especially, you know, in our Western society, we attach what we do with who we are. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a, I think it's a huge mistake that we can, we can make there. We can take pride in what we do. And we can do what we do to the absolute best of our abilities. We can do it with excellence, mm-hmm. right? But at the end of the day, I'm not a basketball official. At the end of the day, I'm Chad Ozzie, husband, dad, mm-hmm. friend, brother, right? all those things. And Chad Ozzie, one of the things that he does is officiate. Because if my identity is wrapped up in my officiating, what happens when I can no longer officiate? Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> um, and I, I think that then also helps us distance ourselves from, okay, well, Chad had a bad night officiating. Right? Mm-hmm. Not Chad the official is bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, but And Chad's going to have bad nights officiating. Maybe yeah. more than some. Okay? Sure. Right. But, but I, I really think that helps us separate. And... Which brings me to the last thing I'd love for us to talk about that I think is a huge advantage of a of a new season. And it it comes down to a phrase that I'm sure some of you are sick and tired of hearing us talk about. But I just I just want you to know that it is the single most important thing that impacts our lives. It's the single most important thing that impacts our officiating and its relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, new season brings reconnection with old relationships. There's people that we're all going to see this next week that we haven't seen in several months. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a reconnection. There's people that we are going to see for the very first time. You know, and just like Jeff said, they're flying in from Texas, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, or whatever. and, And maybe we don't even know who they are or they're traveling from, you know, a state over to come work at a D3 game. And they've just driven five and a half hours. Well, why in the world would you drive five and a half hours for a D3 game? Because I want to be a D3 official. That's why, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and now we get the opportunity to build a relationship and build a connection. There's a, a coach who's brand new in a league. And guess what? We're the vet. We've <laughs> been in that league for six, seven years. Yeah, right. And they're brand new. And we get the opportunity to welcome them. In, and, mm-hmm. and create a positive first experience yeah. with that new coach. Now, instead of them seeing as officials in our league as being adversaries, now they see officials in that league as being colleagues, being, mm-hmm. you know, professional peers. Yeah. What an amazing concept. <laughs> yep. You know, Jeff, when, when you look at, you know, relationships in, in a new season, what are, what are some of the things that you look forward to? Well, uh, I have to say that, you know, when you're talking about 
you've been in the league for six years and a coach is new, mm-hmm. you know. And I think what you said there, you know, welcoming someone to the league, that is great. Mm-hmm. And I believe that most people probably don't think like that. And mm-hmm. the reason they don't is because they think of officiating as something different than what is going on in their nine to five job. It, it's the same. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's different is that you're doing it at night or on the weekends, opposed to what you're doing 40 hours a week at the office. If someone new comes into the office as a new hire, you definitely don't wave at them from a hundred feet away and say, Hey, you know, whatever. Right. Yep. You introduce yourself. You say, sure. Hey, welcome to the company. Welcome to this great, you know, this great company we have. We and, call and they may not be in your department. Right. You still welcome them. Yeah. You yeah. know, Hey, I know you're the, you know, the, the janitor's, you know, helper. Hey, welcome. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the more we think about officiating as an actual profession, even though you're only doing it for some vacation money, mm-hmm. the more we think of it as a profession, the better off we're going to be because that's the way you treat people at work. That's the way you should treat people. If, if, if someone came, we talked about Christmas, if someone came to our house that I didn't know on Christmas morning because they came with you know another relative and I didn't know them, I would welcome them into sure. my house. Yeah. What can I get you? I'm so glad you're here. You know, let me know if you need anything. We would do that. Sure. But we don't do it. Now, I don't want to say we don't. A big part of officials don't think of that as necessary that we need to do. It's Even though uncommon. They yeah. It's, it's absolutely uncommon. Yeah. So when it, to me, it seems very elementary that we should be doing it. And maybe because I've been practicing it for years. Yep. You know what I mean? So what we practice is what we do. And if we think of, okay, how am I going to treat this game of officiating, game of basketball or the game of baseball, like I do my nine to five and like I do my family, how am I going to treat it? Well, if I got a new coach, I'm going to welcome them. If I've got a a new player that just transferred over into the Missouri Valley from, from uh, uh, the Juco league, Hey, welcome to the Missouri Valley. I heard, I heard you transferred over. Good job. That, that is what we should be doing as humans. Oh yeah. And that's, and that's what, that's what's going to get you um, through a difficult situation. You have some human interaction, some real, true things that you would do in your 95 or in your family gatherings, and you take that onto the basketball court and things go south. Those things, those things we just talked about, will float to the top and will become bigger than ever. Absolutely. And can I, can I even say, I, I believe that those things happen best when we do them selflessly. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. doing it for what I can get out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm doing it just because I genuinely mean it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there is reward for doing things like that. Let's take it to something even more basic. We walk in the gym and we look across at the table and the shot clock and the book person are brand new. You can tell because they look like they're 14 and they're incoming college freshmen that have just gotten the job as their work-study job or Mm -hmm. whatever, right? Mm -hmm. What is, I mean, across the board, 100% of us go, oh, no. Sure. I mean, we do because our job just got harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Knowing that person running the shot clock, the person doing the book is brand new. Mm -hmm. How amazingly uncommon would it be to walk across Mm -hmm. the court 
stick out your hand, introduce yourself and say, man, I am so glad to see you. It's awesome to see fresh people coming to, to yeah. be a part of our game. I'm glad you've accepted this assignment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right? Hey, thanks for being a part of our team tonight. Yep. We're going to work together great. Mm-hmm. I'm here for anything you guys need. Mm-hmm. Right? You step in with that kind of attitude. Now, all of a sudden, when we've got to fix the shot clock three times, they don't see it as, oh, my gosh, they're saying I'm doing a bad job. They're seeing it as, oh, hey, we're a team and they're helping me. Yeah, they're helping me, right? There is a big difference between <laughs> those two thought processes. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, when we got to get together because something crazy happened and we're trying to figure out numbers and everything else and we come over and, and talk to them, they have been engaged from the get-go because they felt like they were a part of the team and now they're actually able to help us. Yeah. Maybe even more so than somebody that's been doing it for 20 years whose eyes just kind of glaze over while they're hitting the clock. Yeah, right. You know, they might ask a question. Do you, So do you want me to leave the shot clock at 15 or put it at 20 or 30? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, we forgot all about that shot clock. Yeah, good question. Yeah. You know, so we we can get way more out of accepting them and, and, and helping them be part of it than we can of going, oh, here we go again. Yeah. You know, it's just we, would, we wouldn't want – Coaches and fans and players to say that about us as we walk on the floor. So we most definitely shouldn't be saying that about them as we walk on the floor. Yeah. And I was I was reminded this last week from two or three different situations of a conversation that we've had before. And that's that no matter what level you are at, there is somebody who would love to be where you are. Yep. Mm-hmm. And... We say, well, it's not a big deal because it's just a JUCO game or it's just an NAI or it's just a high school sophomore game or, you know, whatever, you know, and, and we say, well, it's those division one officials or it's those pro officials or whatever. I mean, they're the ones that have really done it, made it, whatever. And there is somebody who would absolutely love to be where you are, which tells me that there are other people for whom being at that game Maybe as the, maybe as the announcer mm-hmm. on the court, maybe as the person running the book, maybe as the person who's got the mop underneath the basket. <laughs> yeah, they are so excited that they got that ex- assignment, mm-hmm. and when we go in and we treat it like a big deal, all of a sudden their chest puffs out a little bit more and they get to take a little bit more pride in what they do. Mm -hmm. And instead of seeing it as something less than now they see it as something more than. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think it's uncommon, but I also think it's just, uh, it is a great way to impact our communities in, in really, really positive ways. You know, I I meant to tell, I don't know. I'm sure I'm I'm sure I'm backing up here, but I wanted to tell you this story in, you know, I'm always trying to take opportunities to learn, mm-hmm. always. And last night, um, my my wife's judge had a retirement party, and we had and there was a bunch of people there that I just didn't know. Sure. Well, I mean, it's a it's it's a room full of attorneys and judges, and I'm going okay. Here I am, my baseball hat. You know, I'm just a regular referee. But as I was just I was having a conversation with one of them who had, who was an attorney, but used to be a police officer. Okay. So we had a few conversations. I thought, okay, what a great opportunity to learn. Talk to me about what you learned in communication skills as being a cop. Mm. Tell me more about that. You know what I mean? 
I didn't get the information I wanted. You know, I was mm-hmm. hoping to get, but could I think it threw this this gentleman off? But I'm like, oh, here's my chance, right? Yeah. I got a chance to actually learn something and instead of going, oh, I can't believe I got to go to this party and not know anybody. Yeah. You know, I'm just here for the you know the free drinks or whatever, right? So I took that opportunity and I learned, you know, talked a little bit about it, but I think um, we get more out of life that way. Mm-hmm. We get more out of life when we walk into the gas station and we see an, an elderly person that's struggling to get in a car and we say, hey, can I help? Mm-hmm. We get more out of life when we go to these retirement parties and we don't know anybody and we go, can you help me be a better communicator? Yeah. Yeah. So take those opportunities. Go for it and live without regrets. Yeah. So for all of our basketball officials out there, hey, congratulations on another season. Yep, it's here. Uh, I am looking forward to hearing your stories. I got a message from one of our listeners today, uh, like I mentioned earlier, saying I already got a couple games under their belt. We love hearing from you. One of the greatest things you can do is shoot us an email at uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. If you have our numbers, feel free to text us. Um, we, we love hearing from you, whether it's your questions, um, concerns, any of that, please do us a favor and go on and leave us a five-star review. Uh, that helps us so much. If you comment along with that review, it helps us out even more, be able to push this out to other people. Um, for those of you that have been suffering through our advertisements that were added this year, mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate that this last, uh, this last month. We made 32 more cents than it costs us to host the podcast. All and right. so that's really what we were looking for. <laughs> we just wanted this to be a, a zero, uh, uh, yeah. zero budget item kind of thing yeah. uh, to where we were uh, breaking even rather than spending money on it. Mm-hmm. So uh, we appreciate you being willing to listen to those a couple times during the podcast. And uh, it makes our life a little bit easier on this end. And uh, one last thing I would say to all of our officials who are now in the training season or the off season, if you've got a friend who works basketball, if you've got a friend who works volleyball, if you've got a friend who does wrestling, what, any one of these you know, sports that are happening during this time of year, uh, be uncommon. Hmm. Shoot them a text. Offer them an encouragement. Hey, if you're ever on a drive home and you need somebody to talk to you, I'm here. Man, hmm. I hope you have a great season interact in ways because within the the world of officiating our friends are few and far between and we need to be lifting each other up i i want to say this i'm sorry i know you're wrapping things up but it just i feel like i need to say stuff when you when you trigger something for me yeah you know there's so many times and listen i'm guilty of putting a lot of things on social media sometimes and i try to keep everything good and you know just make things people people aware but when i read a quote that i think is impactful uh, and I'm going to challenge the, the listeners to do this also. Don't just put it out there and see if it sticks to anybody. Mm-hmm. Send it to some people that you're affected by mm-hmm. and that, that it might affect them. You know, direct it. Do, aim for the bullseye. Sure. Don't just throw it out and let it splatter against the wall and see what happens. Aim for the bullseye. Send it to the, you know, a group of four or five people, maybe with the referees, whether they're school teachers or whatever that is. And, and, and aim it straight towards him. Mm-hmm. If they don't like it, they don't like it. That's fine. But we want, I think we need to direct that stuff more uh, precise instead of just throwing this this 12-gauge scatter gun out and see if we kill something or we, we hit something. So if you do anything, narrow your field there. When you're, when you're trying to affect people, as you said, text someone, okay, you read something good. You've, you came in across a book. 
that don't just throw, hey, I, I heard this quote, and you throw it on Facebook, and maybe people read it, maybe they don't. Point it straight to someone. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Because not only does it pass on the information, but it lets that person know they were thought of in the yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's a big deal. Yeah. I hope you all have a great week. I hope your season starts off great. And I hope that in your life, in the way you lead others, and in the legacy you leave to those behind you, you are uncommon in your drive to success. Truth. See you all later. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.